This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What makes a good reality star? You know what's so funny? I think Nene Lee should teach a class on how to be a great reality star because she created the assignment that the rest of these girls try to follow. Stay tuned. We'll get into my audience Q&A right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. I've executive produced top-rated programs such as eight seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Additionally, I have created shows such as Netflix's Styling Hollywood, owns number one-rated Love and Marriage franchise, and TV One's Hollywood Divas, just to name a few. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops! Now look, I got a very special episode for y'all today. The way y'all hit me up on Twitter on the hotline, on the email. Y'all have a lot of questions for me. And as promised, I am dedicating today's episode to answering all, well, not all, child, because y'all sent thousands, but I'm going to get to the ones I feel will resonate to my large audience. So today's episode, I'm answering the T, the most pressing questions. This is Reality with the King, Q&A. The first question is from Twitter handle at AllLoverAnthony. The question he wants to ask is about the casting process. And is there ever a disagreement with you and the network on who deserves a spot or to come back? The answer is yes. Let me go back to the first season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. So when I was the co-executive producer of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta season one, I was involved in trying to finalize who the casting candidates would be, along with Mona Scott Young and the other producer. So, you know, we met with Stevie J and Mimi, and I instantly fell in love with Stevie J and Mimi. Like, love them from the word go. Scrappy and Erica love Scrappy. Erica was okay. Erica was very normal. We had lots of concerns about Erica Dixon because 
not everybody wakes up to say, I'm going to be famous or I'm going to be on television. So Erica was like deer in the headlights. So we all knew like, uh, we got to work hard on Erica because Scrappy is great. He's a household name. He represents Atlanta. But honey, this Erica Dixon child, we got to work with her. We finalized the cast. We had Stevie J and Mimi, Scrappy and Erica, Kirk and Rashida, K. Michelle. And we felt that somebody was missing. So Carly Red auditioned to be on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. And let me just say, no, I did not forget about Jocelyn. I'll get into that later because Jocelyn wasn't a part of the original cast. So Carly Red auditions, and I loved Carly Red. Loved her. Me and Mona had disputes about Carly. <laughs> Mona was like, I don't know about this Carly Red. I said, Mona, trust me, Carly Red is messy. She's going to give you the tea, the juice. Like, everything. Like, Carly Red gives zero fucks. Like, I promise you. So, the network at the time, the executives, they weren't too keen on Carly Red, And I really fought for Carly. And she knew it. Because I said it to her. I said, look, girl, they ain't feeling you. We gotta, like, I-, I want you to happen because I feel it in my soul that you are going to be fantastic on this show. So when Carly Red, episode one, season one, do y'all remember when Carly Red had a birthday party and Mimi was there, Arian was there, and before Stevie J walked in with Jocelyn, Carly Red told Mimi, I invited such and such, and you know, Stevie J, blah, blah, blah. And Mimi goes, oh, that's my man. And Carly goes, no, he's not. I met him with his girl, Jocelyn. And Mimi's like, no, that's his artist. And Carly Red is like, no, 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 no. That's, that's her man, honey. Like, that's her man. I saw them kiss. I saw them do all that. We, the producers, were gagging. Because Carly Red was arguing with Mimi like, no, bitch, Stevie J is Jocelyn's man. I just shot with them two days ago, and they were all over each other. And because of that, Stevie J walks in with Jocelyn, and Mimi tells Stevie J, she's telling me that Jocelyn is your woman. And Stevie J confronts Carly Red, and it's like, you messy. And Carly Red like, no, I'm not. I saw it with my own eyeballs. Jocelyn tells Carly Red she's messy, and the rest is history. Carly Red was the messy mainstay that the show needed. So that was one of the first times that I felt like, look, I know what I'm talking about. And fast forward to what, 10 years later, Carly Red is still on the show. So, yes, I know a thing or two about casting. My next question is from at Jukebox Aries. Yes, for the name. What makes a good reality star? You know what's so funny? I think Nene Lee should teach a class on how to be a great reality star because she created the assignment that the rest of these girls try to follow. When it comes to being a great reality star, the examples I would give are Nene Leakes, Tiffany New York Pollard, Peter Thomas, Stevie J, and I would say Ray J. So those are people 
who I think should write a class on how to be a great reality TV star. Because they're the first of their kind, right? Like, that's what you guys should aspire to be when you want to be a reality TV star. So I'm going to tell you the do's now, and then I'm going to get into the don'ts. So to be a great reality TV star, you have to have a big personality. Not like big and boisterous like NeNe Leaks, because some people don't have to be that way. I think a good example of a good reality star who isn't big and boisterous and whatever is Melody Holt from Love and Marriage Huntsville. So Melody isn't like this big personality or this big character. But Melody has a star quality in the sense of she owns the room, she has a presence, she's authentic, she's genuine, she speaks her mind, and she gives you every ounce of what's happening in her life in order to be a great reality star, you have to be transparent and you have to be vulnerable. And those are two things that Melody Holt is, Nene Leakes, Tiffany New York Pollard, Peter Thomas, and Ray J. So that's, that's what you have to be. You have to be that level of authenticity and transparent and speak your mind. The don't is... You don't have to fight a bitch to be a good reality star. I cannot tell you how many DMs I get. Oh, Carlos, I'll throw a drink in somebody's face. Oh, Carlos, I'll fight somebody. Girl, you better hop on that streaming app where that's allowed. Like, on a Carlos King show, we don't do that. We fight with our words, honey, not our fist. I like to work with sophisticated individuals who know how to read the room and read people inside that room. That's what you call understanding the assignment. The other thing you don't do that when I say to you guys, this annoys me, is when you sign up on a reality show and the moment the episodes start to air, all of a sudden, you don't like how you're quote-unquote portrayed and the show's ratchet. Okay, let's start with this portrayal stuff. No one can edit words in your mouth, okay? No one can make you do things on camera that you didn't do in real life, okay? I think the problem is a lot of people try to be on reality TV because they think it's easy and they want the fame, which I ain't mad at. If you want to be on a reality show, then you should do everything you need to do in order to be great on it, right? And that is being authentic. And if you want to be famous, I ain't mad at you, sis. Do it. But the problem is when you're so unlikable because you're trying to trick the audience into being something you're not. Nothing annoys me more is when a ratchet person (laughs) gets on reality TV and tries to act all sophisticated. And then when the ratchet comes out, They blame the producers. They blame the editors. They blame the network, okay? They blame everybody but the mirror. Like Michael Jackson said, I'm looking for the man in the mirror. That's what I'm saying. Look in the mirror and see who you are because all television is doing is putting a mirror into who you really are. And because you can't stand yourself, 
imagine what the other cast members are going through because they can't stand you either because you're not being real. You're not being authentic. You thought you was going to get on the show, increase your followers, promote your brand, and then leave and say like, girl, I'm hot. No, ma'am, you're not. Okay? Because your intention wasn't right. So those are the don'ts in terms of what doesn't make a great reality TV star. And what's funny is I'm so real when it comes to the people I work with. I will tell you if I think you're whack. I told Letitia Scott after the first week of shooting, hey girl, um, mm, I don't know about you. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you have what it takes to be on reality TV. You're boring. You don't say anything in scene. Your voice quivers. Like, I, I, I don't know if this is going to work out. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I want you to be a confident version of yourself. Like, your husband, Marceau, is great. And I said, look, Tisha, I think you're, you're great. But you have to believe that you're great. And look at Tisha now. She reads the girls. She addresses how she feels. And because of my critique, she now has been on the show for four years. So to recap, for all you girls trying to be on a Carlos King-produced reality show, this is what your boy needs in order for me to cast you, okay? Big personality. You got to have an interesting life, okay? You got to be authentic. You can't be fake. This ain't Bad Girls Club or 60 Days In. So I don't need no fights, no punches blown, none of that. This ain't what we do over here, boo. Don't try to be NeNe Leaks. There's only one her, baby. And you other girls who tried to be her, y'all have failed miserably, okay? Don't try to be New York. Don't try to be Peter Thomas. Don't try to be Stevie J. Be yourself. And the most important thing, baby, don't blame the edit. Because, baby, we can only show what you give. Stay tuned as I answer more questions from you. This is just getting good, y'all. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my listener Q&A. My next question is from at Garrett BDP underscore. Dear Carlos, do you think some shows, franchises, can become too invested or dependent on a particular rivalry between certain cast members that it begins belaboring the point? That is a very, very good question. Okay, let's go there. I think rivalries can start off being really good and interesting and iconic. And then after a season or two or three or four or five, (laughs) it becomes a little bit overbearing. So let me give you some examples to explore. One of the most iconic rivalries to me in reality TV would be Mimi versus Jocelyn. It was the first time that reality lovers saw this sort of like polyamorous (laughs) relationship You know, you never saw, like, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, and the alleged side chick. You just never saw that. In terms of all together on the show, 
where they're all our main cast members, right? You, you, you've never seen that. We were talking about some sister wives type shit on the first season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. So to see that beef unfold quite naturally because Jocelyn was a stripper. Stevie J met her at the strip club. He then wanted to manage her. Jocelyn was then his artist, became his, whatever you want to call it, mistress, sidekick. I don't, listen, I'm not here to label people. And then Mimi was his girlfriend at the time, and it was just very messy. And their beef spawned for years. And what started off as something very interesting, because again, we all heard the story of how the music industry is where managers sometimes sleep with the artists while their wife is at home. So we all knew that. But Hunty, to watch it was a whole different thing. So the Mimi Jocelyn beat became very interesting. And then I think at some point it became played out because you kind of saw everything. And at that point, it was like, why are you two still beefing? Because Mimi, you moved on to another guy. And at this point, Stevie J is like Jocelyn's man. So why are you two still beefing? And that's why I appreciate it that I think it was season, what, five or six, they became cordial. I even think at the reunion, Jocelyn performed. Stevie J was giving Ike Turner with the guitar in the background, child. Jocelyn was giving her best Tina Turner Hernandez boo at this reunion performance. And then Mimi came and said something to the fact of like, you're now part of my family. And they hugged. And at that time, I think we were all sort of relieved, like, okay, this is now the end of the Mimi versus Jocelyn saga. But girls, it continued. So yeah, I do think some beefs should expire sooner than later. I mean, look, I follow the reality, so you can't put an expiration date on someone's beef, but I think it's the point of trying to, like, move past it. A good example would be Kenya versus Phaedra. Like, again, started off very interesting. It was very funny. And that's why season seven, when the girls went to the Philippines, I was very adamant that I no longer am interested and the audience is no longer interested in Kenya versus Phaedra. We've seen it. It was great. I'm bored. We got to show something different. And that's the reason why I appreciate it on that cast trip, Phaedra and Kenya having this reconciliation where there were tears involved and they hugged it out. And that's why season nine, it was nice to see them be friends until all things went to hell when Kenya threw the divorce party and Phaedra exited stage left to get some ginger ale. <laughs> that damn Phaedra's funny as shit. Yeah, so listen... That's a point in me stepping in like, girl, I'm tired of this Kenya versus Phaedra. I'm bored. I was tired of Nene versus Kim for a long time. At some point, it gets boring. The other example would be Mel versus Martel on Love and Marriage Huntsville. The difference with that is this. They started off on the show as a couple, a married couple. That's the difference. So the other beefs that I felt like lasted way too long, it was people who truly met on the show. So that's why it's kind of like, girl, get over it. Like, this ain't your real friend. She ain't your sister. 
Y'all at this point, co-workers, get past the beef, honey, because we're bored. That's hard to do when it's a married couple. So the Mel and Martell saga obviously was the big story on Love and Marriage Huntsville. And we followed the reality because that's my formula. I don't script anything. I follow the reality. And the reality is they had tons of arguments about Martell stepping out and then Martell accusing Mel of stepping out. So we followed it. And then the moment they got divorced is when the arguments escalated. And that's when I think the audience this past season was over Mel and Martell constantly arguing. But the reality is, if you're going through a divorce, that's really what happens in real life. And because they're on a show together, they're around each other more than they probably would like to be. So that was the difference. But that's why on this season of Love and Marriage Huntsville, we decided to step away from that. Melody, in her real life, was like, me and Martell don't see each other. We email each other. We text each other. So that's the reality that we followed. And I was like, okay, this is good because I think the audience is over Melody and Martell constantly arguing. And because you get a break from that this season, I think you'll appreciate the dynamic more of not just their relationship or lack thereof, but you appreciate the other dynamics you get to see. So to recap, yes, there is sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, we do belabor the pettiness of a big beef and we sort of tell the same story every season. But that's why one of the good things about Twitter is you get to listen to the audience who tells you, Carlos, girl, I'm tired of this shit. I'm bored. I'm over it. Can we move on? And for my final question from at Kimberly Liz, the question is the future of reality TV. What areas need to be better and completely removed from the reality TV space? That's a very good question. I love that. Okay. I strongly believe people are over the violence that takes place in reality television. I'm saying that knowing that there's other shows out there that are hits, whether it's constant fighting. I do think that's a very marginalized audience who just likes it, you know, and there's no shade. If you like, you like it. You love, you love it. Who cares, right? But I do think people are looking for more authentic storytelling. And when I say authentic, they care less about punches being thrown and more about conversations that are relatable that you can sink your teeth into. So the example would be Love and Marriage Huntsville became a huge hit due to the fact that none of those cast members ever had a physical altercation, right? But you were able to see what real couples were going through. Martell and Melody's infidelity storyline. You saw Tisha Marceau navigating through his wife wanting to have a voice in her marriage. You saw Kimmy and Maurice dealing with the fact that, you know, at a particular age, Kimmy's getting married for the first time to a guy who's younger than she is. And from there, they had to deal with the blending of, of their families. Real life stuff that people go through. And that was a conscious effort for me as I left Atlanta Housewives and wanted to explore 
more ways of telling stories, dealing with people who look like me, but also just people who I felt wanted to see something different. And that's why when it comes to me, I have my own lane when it comes to the reality shows that I produce because I make it a point to really tell a different side of what Black people may be going through or women of color may be going through or just people in general because I strongly believe where the world is is turning right now, people are demanding more authenticity and they're demanding more realness. And that's my place in the reality zeitgeist that I hold near and dear to me. And I appreciate that people are watching the shows and I'm producing because they get to see that because that's what they want to see. And, and that's honestly what's working. So when you look at these other shows, you know, there's shows right now that people are petitioning to get canceled or, you know, there's these big altercations that happens and you get people are in hospital bids, child, and people are like fist fighting and throwing punches. You know, I, I think that's going to get very old very soon because it's such a one-trick pony in terms of constantly seeing that. If it happened once, Okay, that's life, right? Every once in a while, you may have to knock someone upside the head, child. <laughs> that's just life, once in a while. But to have that be a staple every episode, I think people are not into that anymore. And I'm hopeful that my community of reality lovers and reality producers are just showing more diversity in the stories that we're telling. And that's what I think is the future of reality TV. <laughs> I had so much fun answering y'all shady questions. <laughs> so look, if you want your question asked, do not forget to leave me a voicemail because on a future Q&A episode, I just might play it. Yes! Let's do it! Thoughts? Opinions? Read? Email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More sauce. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? 
back. If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.